You recommended Apoptosis by Inner Wave, and I've listened to it dozens of times. And I listened to it once yesterday. Welcome to Spin It. Hey everybody, welcome back to Spin It, the record-ranking podcast for people who would rather be listening to music. I'm James, and with me is Connor. That's me. That's right. And this week we're doing something for the first time ever. You know, the entire show, we've been open to recommendations from our listeners, from our audience, and we've got one from the Spin It A&R department. This listener found us after we released our Anthony Green episode a while back. I'm sure you remember Pixie Queen. Not at all. It's at TrueRP on Twitter. So thanks for the recommendation. I've really enjoyed listening to this album. You've given me some more songs for the playlist, I'll say that much, without spoiling anything. Ooh, I feel like that spoiled something, but all right. <laughs> no, it didn't spoil... I ton it spoiled something well alert the spoils that's a spoiler alert um unfortunately i only got to listen to it once because that's my whole shtick but thanks for the recommendation yeah so this is like a normal episode for you really in a lot of ways yeah it's just instead of you telling me what to listen to some random person on twitter did i know this is exciting because usually the podcast is me giving you music to discover but now the audience is giving me new music to discover and then i'm also giving it to you (laughs) we discovered this album together yeah we should talk about inner wave i'm guessing it's a new name for most of you it was a new name for me to be sure all you uh diehard inner wave fans out there who came to listen well Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. Inner Wave consists of their founding members, Pablo Sotelo, who sings and plays the guitar, Elijah Trujillo, who plays the guitar and the keys, and Jean-Pierre Navarez, who plays the bass and sings. Those are the founding members. Then Luis Portillo plays the drums. Chris Runners also plays the keys and the vocals. They joined in 2017, and that is their lineup to this day. This band, actually, they began releasing singles all by themselves, singles and EPs, as early as 2012. That's quite a while. Almost 10 years. Yeah, and honestly, the self-releasing thing, that reminds me a lot. We talked a couple weeks ago about Chance the Rapper. They kind of have a similar background to him, just putting things together themselves. It's an impressive way to start out. They released their first full-length album, titled Three. Yeah, I know, it's confusing. (laughs) Just roll with it. They released their first album called Three in 2013. And that's like three tally marks, not the number or word three. No. Oh, yeah, it's it's the Roman numeral three, not the Arabic three that looks like a half snowman. Weird. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Not the Arabic three. That's a me comment you just made. I mean, I have to. What if people don't know what a three looks like? <laughs> okay. Well, their first album included the song American Spirit, which quickly became one of their most well-known songs. It's gotten millions of streams. I did a little poking around some of their earlier albums and other releases once I started listening to Apoptosis. I think their general style is very consistent, although there's been a definite change in their music over the years. And it's been kind of cool just to poke around that a little bit. The next year, 2014, they released an album called Sun Transmission, and that was their last release for a while. It wouldn't be until 2017 when they would release their third album called Underwater Pipe Dream, but let me tell you, the wait was worth it because that album was massive. It was more than an hour long and had 18 tracks. So essentially, I mean, it's a double album. And they released an EP the following year that was a companion EP called Underwater Plus that had more songs. So like, <laughs> it's huge. Yeah, even though they weren't releasing music, they 
they definitely stayed busy. And I'm sure they've been building up their fan base and touring and playing live shows. Because actually, that's a thing the band is pretty well known for. Their live shows are supposed to be really engaging and pretty remarkable. Actually, I watched some of the music videos, specifically the one for Fever, and they really do just have a style to them. Yeah. I think they'd be a really interesting band to see live, and I'm going to keep my eye on that touring schedule. Interwave, get to Nashville. But today we're talking about their most recent album, Apoptosis. It just came out this year in September, so it's still a pretty new album. Welcome to the world, Apoptosis. Do you know what Apoptosis is? No, no, I don't. I saw this album title and I recognized the word, but for the life of me, I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. So I Googled it. And apoptosis is a biology term, which it totally explains why I knew it and now don't know it as a history guy that does music. The only thing anyone in America remembers from biology is the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this album could have been called mitochondria, but apoptosis is such a great name for this album. We'll get into that. But it's a biology term for the death of cells that occurs as part of an organism's growth or development. So that's an awesome album title, I think. It's captivating. It's kind of mysterious, but also kind of not. Once you're in on it, you're in on it. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you say that there's... Their sound is kind of drastically changed from where they started. It sounds like this cell process is part of like the natural life and death cycle. And so it's kind of like as their band has naturally changed over the years, like it's kind of, it seems fitting. There's something there. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And we're going to uncover what that is on this very episode. That's pretty much all I have about the band. You know, they're a big band in their circle, but there's not like a ton of information out online about them. And I couldn't look too hard for fear of messing up Factor Spin and spoiling things. Because last week we had the mixtaper pretty darn upset with how many Factor Spins were spoiled. So I just thought I'd lay back. Yeah, you don't want to upset the mixtaper. <laughs> I have so much pressure now. You did such a good job and had a perfect week. The first for the hosts. And so now the pressure's on for me to perform well on this Factor Spin. I'm feeling the heat already. Let's bring in the mixtaper and see what he's got cooking. Hey, it's me, the mixtape. That's right, the host of the beloved game show Factor Spin. How are you doing? Yes. For any new listeners out there, Factor Spin is where I've gone and found some interesting information about our artists. And some of it's true. Some of it's things I completely made up. I'm going to give them to James and he's going to tell me if they're true or not and see how well he does. What's the running score right now? Any idea? Yeah, after the hosts had such a great week with the Miley Cyrus episode, the score is up to 47 for the hosts, 34 for the mixtaper. That's you. I'm behind by so much. Last week was a really bad week. I was really off my game. I was a terrible mixtaper last week. I don't think you were that bad. Don't be so hard on yourself. (laughs) You did great. I was awful. No, I thought you did great, but... um... I disgraced my own name. I don't even know if I deserve to call myself the mixtaper anymore after last week's performance. You might not have deserved to call yourself the mixtaper last week, but that's in the past. Well, let's hope I can redeem myself this week with my first fact. First fact. All right, let's. it's game on. I'm in the zone. This album, Apoptosis, came out on the 15-year anniversary of their first rehearsal as a band. Ooh, that's a really cool trivia tidbit if it's true. So, the album came out on September 30th, 2021. Yep. Rolling that back, that means their first rehearsal would have been 2006. That math sounds right, but I'm not the math department, so... (laughs) You're right. I'm not either. I should have checked. So why did it take them six years to start releasing singles and EPs? Because they started that as far as I'm aware, in 2012. Probably because they were trying to get through middle school. 
middle school. Oh, gosh. You're right. These guys aren't that old, are they? Nope. So tell me more. How did the band, did they meet in middle school? Were they classmates? Yes. Well, the band's founding trio did. You mentioned that three of them were the founding members, and then the other two didn't join until 2017. So the three founding members, along with their original drummer who left the band, all met in middle school. Pablo and Elijah both played guitar in middle school, and then they met Jean-Pierre and Alex, who was their old drummer. And Jean bought a bass, and Alex bought a drum set, and they just started jamming out at one another's houses. That's so cool. I love origin stories like that because like that means that they're really passionate about music. They're all good friends with each other. Like that's the start of a sturdy band, I think. Yeah, sixth grade. Again, we talk about a lot of artists on the show who got started real young. It's really impressive. We became friends way back in sixth grade, so I understand. We did. We should figure out when our 15-year friend anniversary is and commemorate that. We should, and then we'll release an album. That's when Connor's Hippin' and Hoppin' album will drop. Yeah, but is any of what I just said true? I want to believe it. September is kind of close to the start of the school year. You know, if they had met at the beginning of the year and all gotten together, September would be about the time that you would start rehearsing and stuff, I guess, if you really were into it. Middle school. That's so young. I think I'm going to have to say true, though. Yeah, you're going true. I'm locking in true. This feels like a true fact, and if it's not true, I want it to be. The comeback is not strong. This is a true fact. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah, they all met in middle school, which is just a really humbling, fun origin story their sound and everything it feels like they're you know lifelong friends so this feels like a fitting origin yeah you could tell i i think it's evident that they love making the music that they make which is cool i mean have that passion i love that i also should give a fair heads up we usually do four facts uh i only have three this week so we're guaranteed not to go 50 50 what but you can lie i can but listen i, I was tired we've had a lot of 50 50s i wanted to do three this week just to ensure we didn't have a 50 50 week okay so I've got a better chance at going 100% than is what you're saying. There are fewer that I can miss. It's true. And I'm already a third of the way there. Okay, I'm rolling. Hit me with number two. While we're talking about middle school, let's talk about how they picked out their name because they also did that in middle school. Yeah, Inner Wave. I didn't look into the band name. Yes, it was decided by a vote. Uh, Did they each put in a different name and then vote on their favorites? Did someone else vote? You could say that. The founding trio created a list of approximately 200 band names. No way, really? <laughs> and, well, that's what I'm telling you. That's your. That's what you got to figure out is if it's really. Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you told me, that'd be a spoiler. And then they passed out copies of these 200 names to all of their classmates and asked them to vote on their favorite ones. Okay, how many classmates did they get votes back from? They only got seven copies back. Oh, gosh, seven. And did all seven vote for Interwave? What was the vote distribution like? Literally, yes, you nailed it. That's the remarkable thing about this. All seven people had marked Interwave as their top choice. And so that's what the band went with, despite it not being the top choice of any of the band members. Interesting. Very interesting. Tell me about some of the loser names. So in the interview, they talked about some of the names they remember fondly. The examples were The Troubled Forest, Bleeding Rainbow, and The Fearless Ostriches. Okay, all three of those are worse than Inner Wave. It sounds like there was a no contest. <laughs> and again, uh, I mean, 200. I doubt they remember all of them, but there was probably some pretty bad ones on there. Yeah. When you start trying to come up with 200 names for a band, you're going to get some weird ones. Yes, you will. 
I think this one is, this one just has a little stink of spin. Yeah? It's a stinky one? I'm not sure about this. To have all seven unanimous, okay, first of all, I'm not sure how big their class was, but even in a smaller school, you're going to have a class of like dozens of people. And to have seven return your votes, that doesn't seem like a lot. And then to have them all unanimously pick Interwave feels untrue. I think you just wanted to make up some fun fake band names for this fact, and I'm calling it a spin. All right, that's absolutely what I wanted to do. This is a spin. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm I'm playing to the meta of the game now. I'm figuring you out. My personal favorite is the Fearless Ostriches. That's kind of the one that most pushed me in that direction. Yeah, I figured. I came up with that in my head, and there was no way I couldn't use it. I don't have that kind of self-control. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And speaking of lack of self-control, that brings us into our final fact. Tell me they ate a whole SpongeBob sheet cake. (laughs) The pandemic caused Pablo to develop an interesting new hobby. There are so many directions that this could go. Which new hobby is that? What did, what did he start doing? Unfortunately, their 2020 tour season and Coachella performance were canceled due to COVID. Naturally. And while stuck at home, Pablo developed a habit of just scrolling through eBay looking for interesting items to buy. Oh, no. That is an interesting habit. What has he bought? I assume is where this is going. Well, he developed an interest in yo-yos and began collecting them. Oh, awesome. That's an awesome. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. I'm absolutely going to bite on this. I know it. And this is going to be fake 100% just the most untrue thing you've ever heard. But I can feel myself wanting it to be true. How many yo-yos does he have? He now has a collection of over 200 yo-yos. Oh my gosh. Does he use them? Can he yo-yo well? No, he cannot. He mainly uses them for display purposes. What is the coolest looking yo-yo that he's got? His favorite one is a micro yo-yo that is smaller than Abraham Lincoln's head on a penny. No. Okay. So that's pretty small. That's almost, that's almost a (laughs) no-yo. Yeah, it's smaller than Abraham Lincoln's head on the penny. I thought you were just about to say Abraham Lincoln's head and stop there. And I was like, well, probably. (laughs) I don't know if I've seen a yo-yo bigger. Uh, How much does he spend per yo-yo generally? I don't know what yo-yos are going for. I have no idea what yo-yos go for either. It probably depends on the yo-yo, right? Yeah. So why yo-yos? He's scrolling through eBay. I'm sure he sees all kinds of very interesting, strange, and collectible stuff. Why did he land on yo-yos? I have no idea. I want to believe this. I want to believe this. But are you going to? And Pablo, if you're listening and you do have a yo-yo collection, that's amazing. And I wanted to believe this. I really did. And I'm sorry. Oh, you're going to go with spin? I'm going to go with spin because I... You're not going to bite. You felt yourself biting and you're not biting? I'm resisting the urge. Do you have the self-control Pablo doesn't? I guess. So you're locking in spin. Lock me in. Spin spin like a yo-yo. I would like to direct you to the Discord where I have sent you a no picture way. of a no micro way. yo-yo smaller than Abraham. This is real? <laughs> but unfortunately, Pablo does not own this. This is a spin. Oh. He does not collect yo-yos. This yo-yo exists, but not owned by him. You faked me out. It was a fake out. So I got to learn about the micro yo-yo and be right. And I had my perfect week. Two perfect weeks in a row. Yes! No! Two perfect weeks. You're really slipping, Mixtaper. I'm having an awful time. What has happened to me? I know you really weren't yourself last week. No, I wasn't. But this week you have no excuse. I'm still recovering, apparently, from the fever dream that was last week. Oh, wow. That's a cool little yo-yo. Yeah, 
man, I really thought that one was going to bite. Like, as soon as you said you felt like you were going to bite, I was like, that's exactly the reaction I wanted. But you resisted the urge. I did. And you know what? You also showed your hand by saying there were three facts. You could have had your second chance if you hadn't told me that you only had three. You could have just made up a lie on the spot. Unless that was me thinking ahead and I really have another true fact tucked away. Like I do. I would have been, I would have lost my mind if you actually did that right now. Pablo. Oh no. He's got another one. Pablo recorded half of this album by himself. Ugh. Which half? Like half of every song or like did he just... Half of these songs. Oh, half of the songs are just him? Yes. What? I don't believe that very much at all. So you're telling me that of the 12 songs on Apoptosis, six of them, none of the other band members played on. I didn't say that. I feel like you did, but elaborate. I just said he recorded them by himself. Okay. Typically when, you know, you're recording for a song for an album, right? The band gets together into a recording studio and records the song live together yeah more or less and then you'll dub it but then again the pandemic hit and pablo actually got covid and so he had to record by himself in a recording studio by himself without the rest of his band members and then all of their parts were added in later oh okay i understand so on half the songs on this album he did his recordings alone yes i hate you (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know what to do game the system now james (laughs) i think this one's true and i will be the most upset if it is false are you ready for the answer no but go ahead and, and tell me anyway I quit this podcast. Did I do it? I'm no longer the mixtaper. I I quit. I'm hanging up the mask. I'm hanging up the costume. I'm retiring. I'm done. Two weeks in a row. You you know me too well now. There was absolutely a, a fact that I just stole from Connor's notes and threw in the factor spin. Wow. I'm floored. I'm befuddled. I'm humbled. I would like to thank the Academy. But I have one more. Okay, no. <laughs> Uh, really you just need to take a break i think you're you're losing it i refuse to quit till you get one wrong we'll be here all night you've dropped 10 in a row please just take a break whatever am i gonna do i don't know just you know retire to your corner what have i done to the universe to deserve this it's all that evil the karma of my evil ways is catching up to me it must be i don't know and you know what's really is the cherry on top of this horrible horrible experience the last two weeks What's that? The pumpkin spice latte is back. <laughs> is Yeah, it's been back for quite a while, but it's still back. You're still dealing with it. Didn't you invent that? I did, but I get no royalties off of it. You know, they don't credit me. No. Yeah, I believe that. I forgot I invented that until just now, actually. That's how little credit I get for. Yep, I understand. I understand. Well, listen, sometimes you just have to experience death to get to your growth and development. This is your apoptosis. This is your moment of failure so that you can emerge a beautiful um, mixtape or butterfly. Rise from the ashes like the like the phoenix mixtaper that I am. Exactly. I know you always root against me. I'm rooting for you. Hang in there. You know what? I'm spending all of my vacation time that I have saved up from Starbucks. And I'm going to do nothing but eat pumpernickel bread and make up more lies and truths for next week. I'm going to come back stronger than ever. Harder, better, faster, stronger. It's going to be the most mixtapey of mixtapers I've ever been. Uh-oh. You're not even ready for it. I'm really not. I'll see you next week. Goodbye, mixtaper. Yeah! <laughs>
Alyssa, he's crying. Yeah, now I'm going to have to deal with that all next week. Thank you for that. I'm sorry, yeah. Two weeks in a row, he's just going to be inconsolable. You know, last week, I feel like he took it easy on me just so I could show you up. Like, he was really kind of rooting for me. Oh, yeah. But... This week, it, it really is going to sting. I understand. But good job getting them all, even the bonus one. Thank you. Yeah, that was a surprise. That was a really sticky situation. Shall we talk about the cover art? Yeah, let's do it. Inner Waves cover is this, uh, What's the? what would you call that background? It's like a deep green, really deep green. It is indeed a deep green. They've got this kind of fisheye looking landscape in the middle with a river and, and a mountain in the background. It's lovely, very quaint. And it's, I love the font that they've chosen for both Apoptosis at the top and they have their own little IW logo that they use. And I really like that as well. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the Apoptosis font. Really? Why not? It's actually a little hard to read. Mainly the T and the second O. Like when you get past the, the Apop part, you that last bit, it's like you pick it up again on the SIS. But that middle T-O, that T especially is a bit it's like, is it an N that's underlined? What is it? Like It's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of a mess, I guess, in that regard. And also you got the completely white, like completely snow covered mountains. And then like a summertime forest with a desert valley that somehow has no vegetation even though there's a river running through it the landscape's all over the place yeah it's interesting but i I think it fits with apoptosis because you know the river like you mentioned should bring plants and life but there's this nothingness that's all around it and the top of the mountain it's cold and snowy and rocky like there's nothing living up there i do like the yellow box border yeah that's cool it definitely fits the vibe of who they are and what their sound is certainly does good on that good on that the first track is called one in a million what do you think of the opening track so obviously this is my first time listening to the band listening to their music anything like that and i pushed play on one in a million and it hit me like a bag of rocks i was like whoa i was not expecting it was that like a good whoa or like a bad whoa i think it was a good whoa mostly it was a this is different and was are you sure it wasn't more of a way i'm sure but the the way is the thing that i wrote <laughs> in my notes exactly and i <laughs> (laughs) even spelled it wet. (laughs) Their sound, which is pervasive throughout this album, is really, I almost want to call it washed out. You know, we talked back on the Smashing Pumpkins album about shoegaze, where all these instruments blend together into one, like, wall of sonic energy, I guess. This felt a lot like that, where all the instruments were just this kind of mush in the background a lot of the times, and they did a really great job of pulling one forward and featuring it when they wanted to, and then it would kind of fade back into the background. It was just a really interesting ebb and flow to the album. The vocals that they put onto these tracks, they sound like they're almost being sung through a megaphone, or like they're they're like this the whole time. It's a very different sound. It sounded to me like, you know, the old school, like, metallic stand microphones that, like, they use in, like, movies back in the 80s and stuff whenever they want somebody to be singing on a stage it almost sounded like that but then almost staticky but not yeah it was like that but then you took that and you smoothed it out right think like an old-timey radio yeah and it really really fits their style it's not something that i would recommend doing with most songs or genres or anything like that but i really think they found their niche and it works for them very well and it's a thing that they've done even like i said i poked around some of the earlier albums and stuff it's a thing they've kind of done since the beginning and i could tell that they've only gotten better at their technique as they've grown as a band yeah uh when the song started again it was my first introduction to them as well the first thing i thought was like this feels like the kind of soundtrack that would play during like an animated drug trip in a tv show i 
thought that a couple of times on this album. Not quite this early, but yeah. That was where my brain went immediately. It was like somebody's having like, you know, an LSD trip and everything gets all colorful and cartoony looking and this is what's playing in the background. Yeah. And part of that, I think, is the drums. They have just the right amount of crack to them when he hits a snare drum. They were the standout early on on this track and then throughout the album. I just could not help but notice the drums. Lyrically, this song is just interesting all around. It's the first taste that we got of them lyrically, too. And the very first verse goes, I could go away, give you space, and I could be a friend if needed. I like that idea. They they dig more into this concept of going away, giving you space. And they have this very interesting way of writing their lyrics where they dance around a lot of concepts. They say things in a very interesting way. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. They want you to get a specific emotion or feeling from what you're hearing. Bingo. But they don't want to come out and say what that is. They want you to just feel it, not necessarily like listen to them say it to you. Right. They honestly do a good job at evoking that emotion without smacking it in your face yeah because i mean this song is pretty dark and we start to see that in the second verse don't mess with my grave don't play with my bones which by the way bones is another song later on that i felt like tied back very smoothly into this one we'll get there in about 11 tracks i really like the following line that you just didn't bother to mention the worms pave their way into the home you know because you're talking about a grave and you know a dead body and talking about this natural progression of decay and death right yeah right and not to mention, I mean, pave their way into the home. Pavement yeah. just feels so much more permanent. Like, if you're buried, that's one thing. But if you're paved over, that's a whole other. It's a subtle little one-syllable word there, but that's another thing that they do just to inject you with this image. It, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, any other synonym wouldn't have had the same connotation. Yes, they're very conscious about connotation. And that's the thing that I really can appreciate on this record. Like how I'm very cognizant of connotation. Connotation, <laughs> yep. It's just such a... An interesting way to look at this i presume romantic relationship going to pieces and this denial that it's ending am i wrong in saying that this feels like a song that exists in denial you know he talks about being buried and the worms pave their way into my grave but also baby it's time all we need was time just to get us through and it feels like a song where he's expressing maybe if i wait long enough maybe if i'm buried long enough and i just exist long enough something will happen and change the way that things are i would have gone with bargaining over denial because it's all about i could have done this or i could have done that trying to think of other things he could have done i guess i interpreted it more as like it was already falling apart and this was their attempt to stop that okay that does make sense yeah I don't know. I, I like this song as an album opener. First of all, it fits very strongly with the title's theme of dying in the name of new life, of being willing to give all this stuff up and admit your wrongs for a second shot at making things right. It feels like the dying that comes before new life starts. And it's one of, I don't think it's the strongest, but it's one of the strongest tracks so that we get hooked right away and it puts our expectations in the right place. It was quite an introduction. The next song is called Ray. Spelled R-E-Y. Exactly. Yeah, I'll have to draw your attention to that. It's not like a ray from the sun. It's ray like Spanish for king, you know, R-E-Y. Oh, is that Spanish for king? Yeah. I don't know Spanish, audience. <laughs> That's all right. You know, we talked way back on our Nirvana episode about Kurt Cobain and his terse verse. I think Apoptosis is another prime example of really, really short, but to the point, bursts of lyrics. Is this the return of the terse verse? I think this whole album is the return of the terse verse. Some of these songs are so, I mean, not thematically light, but just there are so few lyrics. They're, they're lyrically light in that way. They give themselves very limited space to paint 
paint their pictures. I mean, look, the first verse is only three lines. Hold on now, proud. Time on earth has ended. Your turn to leave defenseless. And in fact, you know, the whole song is similarly lyrically sparse. The chorus is just, hey, do you see me now? Yeah. I like the way that it's got such a bright sound. The lyrics are more dark, just dismal. Pierce me, I bleed, come down, feel the rain. They use minor chords really, really well. And this song sonically just does a lot of things you don't expect. Hmm. I really loved the way that they had the synth ping-ponging all over the place. Like, you heard it going the whole time. Yet, the vocals that they were singing just went, boom, boom. Like, there was just one syllable every couple beats. And that dissonance, that play between the fast synth and the slow lyric was very nice. Yeah. It was a little much at times. It, it like, came and went for me in terms of being really nice and being a little over the top. I get that. It's a lot for one song to, to do. It's relentless. Also, now I'm just sitting here trying to figure out how King factors into this, because you said it was Spanish for King. Because this is one of the songs I wasn't quite sure what the title was supposed to mean. Yeah, there are few they're not one of those bands that just takes the hook of their chorus and makes it the title for sure that does not happen very much at all it's weird because again like they want you to be in a specific mindset and they somehow get you perfectly where they want you in the most obscure way well okay what what it made me think of is you've seen the meme about Lacroix sparkling water where someone says it tastes like if you're just drinking sparkling water and then someone from the other room shouts a fruit at you and then you start to taste it it's like that they like set this up with ideas or pictures in your head that for some reason you just innately understand even though they don't seem related at all yeah but that brings us on to track number three fever fever was an instant front runner for favorite song for me and i could never quite shake it i think i'm taking fever for my favorite song really absolutely i couldn't help but compare this to fever by dua lipa couldn't you because there's almost no comparison Uh, same title I really liked the the synth fills on this one. That hook, that was so cool. That catches my ear every time. This is another song where I started to understand their lyrical style better. And I'll be honest. Okay, so last week we talked about Plastic Hearts, Miley Cyrus. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I understand. One of the things that I said frequently was that she writes a great chorus, but it felt like the verses just didn't hold up. They couldn't carry the weight. I had almost the exact opposite sensation on apoptosis, where their verses are just jam-packed with imagery. They do all the legwork for the song, and then the choruses you're left with, they pull so far back. Just in terms of content, usually the choruses, almost every song has a one-line, maybe two-line chorus, and it's different. It feels very intentional. But I first started noticing it on Fever, where you have this very strong first verse, and then the chorus just goes, I think we're here for a reason, we're not misplaced or defeated. I think musically the chorus is one of the most captivating parts of the song, but I feel like it's no secret that that chorus scales way back lyrically. I almost like that. I I think I like it in certain instances. If either the verse or the chorus has to be kind of lesser, I'd prefer the chorus to be lesser so you can focus on telling a story because typically a chorus is what gets repeated throughout the song, right? Right. That's what your verses have to come back to. Yeah, you can really scale it back and make it just a very concise kind of summary of what the song's about and then really focus on this story. It makes it way easier for your verses to relate back to it. We've run into times where artists have had to kind of really shoehorn in their second or third verses and they're not really as good you're right yeah i do think these choruses are here for a reason they're not misplaced 
replaced or defeated. I mean, I'd prefer for like the entire song to work perfectly together in tandem and all parts be equally strong. But in a situation where one has to be kind of lesser, I'd rather it be the chorus. Sure. One thing that also sets Fever apart lyrically, especially on the chorus, is that it does change. I know for all we just said, that might sound totally <laughs> the opposite. But in the first line, he says, I think we're here for a reason. But at the end, it changes into, I think you're here for a reason, which takes us into the second verse where he says, I'm riding the wave till the end that you love me so, but I'm already gone. And that really makes the you're here for a reason instead of we're here for a reason. That really makes that hit home. I agree. Oh, and another thing that I noticed on Fever that I will surely talk about more is that the melodic motion of this song and overall, I guess, you know, of their style is that it's not always the lead vocal. They really make great use of the synth and of the bass. These instrumental parts are really what drive the song when the vocal stays on one note like this chorus it's just an interesting way that they they fill it out and it's different than what i would hear on most other albums a song that i think does a really good job of setting up the exact headspace you need to be in for is memory parentheses trees track four i am very much still with it on this song you know what i mean i've bought into inner wave and apoptosis as a kind of a concept of an album i'm still with it on trees for me this song did a way better job than fever about like invoking a specific emotion oh it absolutely does yeah that's true but musically it felt the least unique out of the four we've talked about so far Mm. like it had the ping-ponging synth it had the went 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 is going on this was the first song that felt very familiar and i don't know if that's just because we were settling into this kind of you know how like we talked about with rascal flats how they just have this sound that defines them uh-huh i don't know if we were kind of just settling into that groove with inner wave i don't know this one just felt musically like it was trying to take all the best pieces from the previous songs and just make a new song with it. I think part of it is settling in and just better understanding what the band's about and what you're about to experience as you're listening. But I think kind of, I would call Memory Trees, I would call that the first song that I could envision being performed by a band that's not Inner Wave. I see. I think the other songs, anyone else does them as far as I'm aware, and it does not hit the same. Memory is one that you could maybe emulate if you're someone else. And that doesn't make it any lesser of a song. Interesting. I felt more that way on Fever. Fever felt way more poppy. I guess it does. And less this like melodic kind of vibe that the rest of this album has. Yeah. But the verse kicks off immediately with this imagery of being in a memory, right? I see myself in you sometimes. I hear your voice inside my head. Yeah. Like, again, that it's not specifically calling out this idea of memory. Like, you know, other artists might have been like, oh, the memory of you makes me cry. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yes. All these clear memory phrases, whereas this one, the closest you get is I hear your voice inside my head. I mean, beyond that, too, the chorus of the song is I hope one day we'll meet again. The chorus isn't even rooted in memory. It's taking that memory and projecting it onto the future. Like, because I have this memory of you, this is what I would like to happen. This is what I hope for. Yeah. And I've made this my ambition. I hope you won't forget my name is the second line in the chorus. And that's the exact opposite of memory. You know, that's 
it's like the double negative. You're begging this person not to forget you, to keep you in their memory. And that's so cool. This song is also lyrically where I started to see a lot of similar themes. We get to verse two. They start talking about bleeding again. They love to talk about bleeding. They sure do. Somewhere towards the end of the song, I think it's in the bridge, they bring up the concept of a grave again. Mm -hmm. You start to see how this album is kind of coming together thematically and how they're taking these pieces and making them ebb and flow. Yeah, that's very true. One of the best lyrical moments on the album, I thought, was in the bridge. Something's bound to grow apart. It's strange to me that you are gone, but then was then and now is lost. Take it to the grave with me. You'll see. I just really, really liked that. Then was then and now is lost. What a clever little line. And again, in the context of memory, then was then is having the memory. Now is lost is it having to be a memory. You don't still have it. Yeah. I don't know how the trees come into this. A little lost on that. It's another great question. And being a parenthetical title, it's probably even harder. Closest I got was some things bound to grow apart. Like the growing. That could be tree related, but otherwise. It could, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe it's got something to do with, I hope you won't forget my name. Maybe it's about carving an initial into a tree or something that's growing up and beats me, frankly. I think we're grasping at straws on that. But I definitely like the metaphor of taking root and growing i don't know i'm not quite sure how trees fits in and maybe that's a thing that's just uh, more of an inside element for the band and one thing i noticed on trees too like we've seen before and talked about on our pixie queen episode anthony green sometimes it feels like they just let their vocals be pulled along by the music and it produces this very ethereal indulgent almost floaty feeling but June. June was one of the singles that was released ahead of this record, and it initially was another very, very strong contender for favorite song for me. It did not make the cut, but I really liked June. And I really do still like June. I, I don't know why that was past tense. Lyrically, it's another song that's on the lighter side. Again, just in terms of the amount of lyrics, not the content. Yeah, I really like this song too. This song was a standout for me. Yeah, good. That's nice. This is another song where they really sing to the syllables, right? Almost like they did way back on Ray. Every syllable kind of gets its own punch. Smile that shines like stars at night. Cold and bright, the dying light. And also, I love what they did on the word echo on you echo through my brain like once before they they echo it echo go 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 like in your face it's very deliberate such a cool stylistic choice yeah that part was really pretty i liked how they did that this is the first song to pop up in the connor top three june makes it into the connor top three yeah I like that. You know what? Very interesting. Very, very interesting because we're halfway through this record and I thought the front half of this record was significantly stronger than the back half for me. Interesting. And it sounds like we're trending towards you thinking the opposite. In terms of which tracks were my favorite, yes. In terms of, I don't know if this is fair because they were just the first ones I heard. In terms of like uniqueness or... Oh, like the novelty. Sure. Yeah, the novelty of it was wearing off as we went, but that's at no fault to the later songs because... That's just the order they were in. Right. In terms of the ones, though, that I found myself like either humming or wanting to listen to again, June was the first one. I think it's so fitting to put this song after memory because it feels like such a raw, vivid picture of what he was remembering. I just want to share the world with you, show you all the things I could do. Yeah. He even says, remember how we laid in my bed that time? Heart stopped beating as galaxies collide. Yeah. What a rapid fire series of very, again, not tangible, very intangible tangible but very clear images that take you exactly where they want to put you and again this is one of those songs that the 
title doesn't in any way really correlate to the feeling but it absolutely does like you think like laying in bed with someone uh, your heart stopping like time standing still right uh-huh. all this imagery of like being frozen and what is June but one of the months of the summer when like everybody wants summer to last right it's when you're out, able to go outside have fun do all these things if you're in school if you're a kid you're on summer break June is like the time stood still month of the year it really is yeah <laughs> that doesn't really make sense but yet at the same time it makes perfect sense so it absolutely does the days are longer yeah the air is warmer it just june hangs i if that makes any sense some of these titles just invoke these innate feelings that don't make any tangible sense but emotionally they just fit it's so cool yeah it's so far on the podcast not often that we've seen that June's just such a short and sweet song, you know? No games, no filler. Everything that's there is is there. Yeah. Everything that's there is put there very intentionally, and everything works together pretty well. But the next song is called Reach. Like I just said with the previous song, I felt like the beginning of this album was very strong, and I bought into it. I was with it all the way up through June. And then Reach is where we kind of came over the hill a little bit, and we started to slump a little more for me. Oh, this was one you didn't like? I felt like Reach was a little overlookable. I did like the verse melody a lot, but the chorus did feel a little too... you'll like this it felt a little too repetitive for my taste i really don't have too much to say about it but i do want to dig into the lyrics a little bit i don't think the chorus is any more repetitive than the previous choruses on this album it's just the same two lines repeated twice it's a pretty standard thing for them here maybe it's just the way that they emphasize the notes you are my life it's just you're you're so all over the place with your analogies you're like Oh my gosh, this is so repetitive. But when they did it this exact same way, the last five songs, it was perfect. No, first of all, it happens, I think I think it happens a lot more in Reach. It happens three times instead of twice. It just moves less and it moves slower. There's less motion overall and it happens at such a pace that it just feels like it's so long. Uh, this song had my favorite effect on the entire album. Oh, what's that? The way the very beginning of the song, that first initial instrumental hit, ping pongs from left to right in your headphones if you're listening to it in headphones you liked the pan they messed around with the pan yes yeah it like pans around from left to right back to left real fast it's like boom boom and then in to both it is very cool to bring it in that way and i really liked that it was unexpected made my ears smile yeah we haven't had one of those i mean we did have one on the singles episode way back at this point six episodes ago but yeah not many ear smilers lately so i'm pretty impressed with that yeah Again, the verse is just remarkably strong. My time is coming to a halt. Who cares who's right and who's wrong? I like the part where he says memories fade into dreams. Again, we're still on this memory kick. You were talking about how, again, memory, parentheses trees, was about projecting the memory into the future, right? And then this song is called Reach, almost like you're reaching out for that future and trying to grab a hold of it. Almost. It does feel more like you're grasping for that memory. It's just out of reach. Again, because you're dreaming of the future, right? The memory is fading into this idea of what the future future could have been and like a dream that can't come true Uh uh-huh and it's almost more you don't want to reach out don't want to give in because you don't want to get your hopes up just to be let down exactly yeah don't want to reach out because if i reach out it could all be over yeah and that's what he talks about on the bridge if this is the end then i'd like to go back where we began 
Almost like reliving the memory. Exactly. Like I said, I don't have too terribly many notes on this one. It felt like it fell off a little bit from the beginning of the album from me. And I think that skid continued into Nature, the next song. Nature is one that didn't do it for me. It has the same issue that memory kind of had musically where... I got a lot of similar vibes in terms of what I was hearing musically. Yeah. It started off with kind of a percussion hit and into a slidey kind of wavy guitar. I don't know, it just felt very familiar musically. Right. I like the way that this song just washes over you. I do like the vibe of it. I know it's more of a skid than the first couple of groovy tracks. It's very back and forth, like a tide, you know? Did you feel that? It it alternated between these two chords almost the whole time, and it created this really cool effect, like the ocean just washing over you and pulling back and washing over you and pulling back. Fits with the nature theme. Also, their harmony was really great here, too. It's not something that we saw a lot on this record, but this is one of the points where there were a couple of vocals in really cool harmony. It does. And there was a little bit of trumpet in there. There was. I love me a tasty trumpet. It's just lyrically, this is one that didn't get it done for me. Yeah, this one, like I said, this one didn't do it for me either. This was maybe even my least favorite. It's down there to be sure. But you know what wasn't my least favorite? And in fact, is another Connor top three. Oh, are you about to say that take three is a top three? Oh yeah, take three, Connor top three. Surprise, surprise. This is another one of the album singles. And it did for me. It started to pull us up out of that musical skid, uh, even though lyrically the chorus is virtually non-existent it's just wake up wake up wake up i think this was a really good comeback musically yeah if you were going to talk about a chorus being too repetitive this would have been the one to do it on it's it's still the one (laughs) i'm bringing it up again I don't know. I just really like the groove. Yeah, the faster pace was a great change. But this is faster paced. It, we know we're just over the halfway point, And so it was a great way to kind of shake up the album for a song. I like Take Three, like I said. Musically, it, it's a pick-me-up. Lyrically, I like the way that they build to wake up. Because the, the pulse that's behind it, the wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, feels urgent. Like you're stuck in this dream state and you just can't wait to get out of it. I can't believe it's real hope to find another day. Again, their naming convention was really good. You Think? It would have been very easy to just call this song Wake Up. Absolutely, it would have. And I think it would have lost a lot with that, to be honest. Yeah, so calling it take three was the correct move. Do you think this was the third take that they recorded for it? Do you think this was literally, they didn't have a name for it and they were like, well, we recorded it thrice. Let's use the third take. <laughs> I just assumed it was the take five's little brother. Oh, yeah. This is another one, too, where he mentions a dark and lonely space, which just reminded me of the worms, again, from One in a Million, for being isolated so far away from everything that you're just stuck by yourself. This one just has such a funky beat to it, musically, you know? It's got that opening line, but a boom, 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 boom. It's a funky beat, not a wavy beat. Yeah, a lot of this album does start with the wave. I guess Inner Wave is a fitting band name. You know, those seven people that didn't vote for it because that was a fake story were spot on. What did you think of the next song, O? Literally, the letter O. O is another really lyrically tight song. They fill out the vibe so well with such a small space to work. I think they're really excellent in that way. O gets the Conorable mention. Okay, uh, I like O for Conorable mention. Yeah, it almost got top three. It got beat out by a later song. I think one of the things I noticed throughout this album after re-listening to it, but on the first time through, it hit me around O is that these guys are just so good musically at identifying what they want to do. They're very clever with their syncopation. They're very smart with their arrangements that emphasize and de-emphasize instruments. I think at just the right times. They're really good at syncopating things so that things land on the offbeats occasionally. 
funny. Those syncopators. But like I said, lyrically, very light. It starts with just two lines. Guess I might as well go back. Something's better left on track. This is one of the ones that the chorus kind of is more dominant than the verse. It's true. One of the few opportunities that the chorus gets to be on a pedestal. But I like it. Again, the song's called O, just the letter O, but the chorus starts with O, and I know just what it is. I don't know. I just really like that opening line. I really like the last part of the chorus. Something new is on the rise, and I might just see it through. And that felt like a departure. This whole time we've been talking about memory and hoping for the old to come back. But having something new on the rise, first of all, plays right into this concept of apoptosis, where we're making way for better things because we're accepting that the old is gone. And second of all, I I think it's, I guess in the context of this album, if we're following a single relationship, not that I want to turn this into a concept record like we did last week, but this feels like the point in getting over somebody that you would let it go and start to move forward and progress. This was another good taste of the acoustic guitar. Yeah, there's that nice instrumental break between the chorus and verse two. Yes, there was. And I just thought that this was, like I talked about earlier on a different song, a lot of the times they let their vocals kind of stagnate while the instruments do a lot of the sonic legwork and they they play with the instruments so much so that they can keep the vocals steady. This is a song where they did the opposite and the melody was really pushed along by the vocals. And it was kind of a nice change, but it really made the song stand out a little bit on the album. I don't know whether that's in a bad way or not, but it was just in a way that I noticed. I want to talk about verse two. Yeah, hit me. What do you think about verse two? I love the line, the couplet line, when your life is off the trail, there's no one left to fail. Yeah, I like that one a lot too. Those are really good. Um, This concept of, you know, when your life is in shambles or things are happening, your life is crazy, you know, and you've let everybody down already. Like you feel like you're a failure. Right. Well, and flip that around, invert that as well. And that's kind of saying you're the only person on the trail. Like you're the only one that could stay on that trail and keep your life right. Because if you get off the trail, no one's around to help you or to fail themselves, you know? Yeah, but then also in between those lines, there's this like funky little run. It goes like ba da ba ba da ba in between there, and it's I really like it. It was a standout instrumental moment. And do you know what I'm starting to think? Thinking about this chorus and staying on the trail, and and then looking at the last line of verse two. This is where I begin. This could be where I begin. It feels like O is meant to be less of a letter and more of a circle. Oh, I was just thinking that. Yeah, like this journey is just cyclical, and this might feel where I begin, but we all know it's leading back to this same place again. Like I'm not gonna get anywhere with it, and I'm spinning my wheels. But I'm gonna see it through. Yes. Yes, exactly. Some things are better left on track, just like our journey around this circle. Yeah. I think O certainly gets the best title award from this album. And I like what they do at the end of the song, surprisingly. Yeah. Well, the song kind of ends like 10 seconds earlier than it actually does. And then there's just this, like you said, the acoustic guitar just doing its thing yeah there's a little bit of a guitar solo of sorts kind of subdued but like the fade out of the like the main instrumentations happens at like about the two minute mark and then there's like 15 seconds of just this guitar yeah it's kind of nice it's just it's just another moment of reflection i think in the grand scheme of the album Twas unique but you know what wasn't unique what the next song it was a return to form after take three and oh that felt a little more unique yeah i thought the same thing my very first note was that the guitar intro to air sounds so much like the chorus of take three of take three it does no 
Take three is the one that goes boom, 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 boom as it starts. And air starts off very... No, no, not the start of it, the chorus of it. Oh, oh, the chorus. I thought you were talking about how the song starts. It, it sounded like all the wake-ups that they were just emulating with a guitar. Well, from a, outside of that, I guess I can see that. We've been in this funky kind of groove section, and now we're back into the waviness. Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit of a return to that form. What I loved about Air is that it's so very, like you said, it's wavy, but it's very floaty, and it's not as grounded as some of the earlier songs like Fever. There's a lot more higher more ringing guitar sounds and way fewer deep synth tones and even the bass like it's very prevalent but it's moving around all the time so we never really get anchored in it and that's i think smart for a song called air i really liked that this song just didn't do it for me it didn't no no i liked air more than some of the other songs on this record it was it was a middle of the pack track i don't know maybe it was i enjoyed take three and oh so much i wanted them to just keep building off of that and so then to slide back into what we'd already done it just wasn't what i wanted sure i did feel like air so i mean my general impression of the album was like i said we start going up the roller coaster at the very beginning the very first six tracks are pretty strong and then we had that dip with reach and nature and then i felt like take three picked it back up and then we slowly just dipped down from that point on. I think O was a little worse than Take 3. I think Air was a little worse than O, and so on and so forth. That's kind of at least the way that I interpreted it for myself. It's pretty subjective, and maybe the last half of the album is your favorite. You've still got a top three song coming. I do. I love, love, love the line in the chorus. When love is avoided, paranoia grows. I think I can do better, but I just don't know. The whole idea of avoiding love, that makes it feel like love is in your face, which is kind of not what we've seen on the rest of this album. He's been grasping, reaching for love. Love is the memory, the hope, the aspiration. But when you avoid it, paranoia grows. As in, am I ever going to have it again? What if something goes wrong it's just a very interesting sentiment to put at this point in the record it's very abstract to this song yeah i don't know ironically the song air kind of took the wind out of the album sales for me yeah interestingly enough i'm surprised actually that you're saying it took that long to do that i mean we're pretty deep into the album now we set the tone at the beginning and we got to that groove and while i didn't really necessarily want to be in the groove i was i was okay with it and then they took us out of that groove as we got into like reach and the nature take three oh like it started rising for me out of the kind of status quo and then it was just like a gut punch right back in they're like no get back down in there <laughs> get back down <laughs> you think you think apoptosis gut punched you back down yeah i got gut punched real good it's pretty brutal that's the inner wave it's the ripple as you've been punched <laughs> in the in the gut the next song is track 11. It's the penultimate song on the record. It's called Mystery. <sighs> what was that? You just sighed really loud. Why? So I gave O the honorable mention, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. And that was mainly for its uniqueness. Yes. And so what I'm really struggling with here is whether or not to slot Mystery, which is what we're about to talk about, or the final track, Bones, as my final top three. Oh, it's still not set in stone. You're still thinking about it. Ah. Uh, 
I keep, I've literally flip-flopped to just about every song we've talked about here. I was sitting here thinking about it. I kept flipping it back and forth. Yeah. Because theoretically, if O wasn't as unique as it was and kind of stood out in that uniqueness form, whichever one of these lost out would have been the honorable mention. But I just had to give it to O for that uniqueness. Sure. But I like both of these songs for different things. So let's get into it. Yeah. And you could commit to one after we've talked about both of them and, and broken them down thoroughly. Yeah. Let's do that. I love the way mystery, uh, I wrote in my notes, "weow weow weows" in the beginning. I really liked that. It's another wavy song, and I liked it. I really did. This song was the perfect fusion of the two styles they presented on this album. It has that wavy component to it, but there's also that funky kind of bass line driving the song. Yeah, and so that's part of why I really like this one is because it takes that groove that they seem so like baked into it's baked into their dna that that wavy grooveness but then we're still we're still able to inject in their the very unique kind of funky beat that i i really enjoy about the album honestly i think you're right it is a high point in that regard i'm torn on this one too i really do i really do like it (laughs) but i don't know if i like it enough but yet the back half of the album you still don't like it as much as the front half yeah i still don't i still don't i take almost anything out of the first six tracks over mystery interesting i know it is isn't it i do think it's a good blend of the styles it's a good fusion and i think it's one of the easiest songs to listen to like if i was going to recommend that someone jump into this album pick up inner wave and stuff i might start them on mystery yeah that's a good point and it's almost like again comparing it to bones i I like them for different reasons this musically is the perfect end of the album whereas the next song lyrically is the better end of the album bingo i'm struggling so much on which one i like better i also think it has the better guitar solo i'd agree with that uh not to sell the first guitar solo short but i just thought the one in mystery was pretty spot on it was exactly what this song needed i'd agree with that i think i like this one better well we've already kind of talked a little bit about bones but let's full-on go into it bones is the last track on the album it's a contender for your top three and like i mentioned way way up on track one this song was the song that brought the album full circle you know it was the one that completed the o shape if you want to call it that yeah because Lyrically, in the chorus, it ties back so well to that self-isolation idea. Because way back, there was being locked away without windows and lights and anybody around and the worms and stuff like that. But then in this one, we get this chorus that says, I hope that you'll wait some more. Because the whole thing at the beginning was, I'll wait, I'll keep waiting. Yeah. In time, I'll be at your door. I hope you won't forget my face. Call back to memory trees. Because if you do, I'll know. What a punchy chorus i just i really like that chorus a lot and again if we're going with the whole circle is uh, the o is the circle the path that you're stuck on it's almost kind of you know say i hope that you'll wait some more and time will be at your door you know because again you said the first one was all about they're willing to wait some more and when you complete the cycle where do you start you begin again so he says, I'm will- I I hope you're willing to wait some more because I'm about to start waiting some more. I'm about to restart the cycle. You know, it's like you get into the cycle. Yeah. And then verse two goes, I'd like this trip to go on for a million miles more. Again, talking about the path you're taking. But then he says, but there's this fork in the road. And so it's almost like, is there a way off of this path out of this cycle? I don't know. And is he able to do anything about it? He says, what can we do alone? He's left this behind him. Yeah, like to me, it's almost like the fork of the road is moving on, is getting out of the circle. Yeah, letting go, stop dreaming and thinking about the past and all the memories and continuing the cycle of wishing and hoping that you can change. 
what happened in the first song and moving on like acceptance the final stage of you know grief would be that fork in the road when you're finally ready to take that you break the cycle i'm all for that i love calling the song bones because first of all it's that memento mori right it's that idea of death that's just in your face that's a more but then they use it in such a unique way ding-a-ling-a-ling ring-a-ling-a-ling the very first verse says i waited for you to call the phone didn't ring at all and when you told them no, I felt that in my bones. So bones kind of, they take on this feeling, this emotion that you feel. This feeling of, like, it's almost like, it, it's almost like that emotion. Like, if you've ever said something to someone that they reacted either poorly to or not the way you were really anticipating them. And, like, you get chilled. Yeah. Like, if you've ever, I don't know, said I love you to someone. And then they're like, oh, that's nice. Just that feeling of dread that seeps into your bones into every crevice of your body of, oh, no, what has happened? Yeah, I've just made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think to put it in this idea of the fork in the road, breaking the cycle, being able to get off the path, Bones is so cool to use in that sense because if you stay on this path and you keep going in this circle, you're going to end up as Bones. You're going to... That's the end of you. You'll just go on forever till the end of time. If you take that fork in the road, I feel like that's what you're going to feel in your Bones. That's the path with the newness, the excitement, that's the change. It is just, I don't know, it's a very soft album closer musically, but it's the most complicated song to cut into lyrically. And I think that's only because it's got the rest of the album backing it up. I think this song isolated. I don't think it hits as hard, but I mean, we are listening to it in the context of the album. So that doesn't matter for us. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to go with this one. You're taking this one? I think that's the smarter choice, to be honest. I think it's, be. I mean, when so much of the album has been about how it makes you feel and all these themes that they keep uh, kind of just forcing you to feel in these obscure way you gotta go with the song that does that better than the song that just has the better music yeah i agree i also i found myself like you talked about this on some of our earlier albums like the head and the heart and stuff i felt myself starting to zone out in the middle of this song i caught it a couple times on different listens that happened to me on a couple earlier tracks i just didn't bring it up and it's wild though because i think that plays into this song's themes perfectly of being distant of this eternal waiting of of falling into that pattern of just going through the motions oh you like that you couldn't pay attention to to a song weird no i no i just think it's very interesting <laughs> that they're able to do that like the music invites you to participate in what the song is talking about but that's track 12 that's the last one on the record that brings us in the final spin territory it's here it's finally here let's talk about this album overall final spin i know we've come full o coming full o and we're we're at the end full O. I feel like I've covered everything I need to cover. I've talked plenty about how the record starts strong and I've talked about where the dips are and stuff. I will say it, it does come back up at the end a little bit like we talked about musically with mystery and lyrically with bones. My favorite song sticking to it is Fever. Fever just was such a groovy track from the start and I could not shake it. There are other things that I like more about other songs but Fever just generally was the one that was the most pleasant consistently. Music. Let's talk scores on music. It was interesting. I think they used minor chords, half steps, key changes, the syncopated time signatures. They use all that very well. It's diverse. It's very different than a lot of the other albums we've seen musically so far on this podcast. That said, though, I think the melodies that they use do sometimes leave a little bit to be desired. Music from me is going to get an 80. What about lyrics? 
Awards? Great question. It's like you knew what I was going to talk about. I have a feeling this will be one of your higher categories. You think it will, actually. Wow. Um, they don't use a lot of lyrics, but I think they make pretty decent use of the space that they have. Like I said at the beginning, they dance around a lot of things, and they put these images in your brain in a very interesting way. They, like, telepath them there with their titles and with some of the random things that they say that don't make much sense in any other context. I just don't really love their chorus style of just having one line. It was It's fine once or twice. It's fine once in a while, but there were times I was just craving more out of the choruses. Given lyrics of 76. Really? Yeah. You just you, we were we were raving so much about some of the cool imagery they set up with their lyrics. I was really expecting it to be much higher. Yeah, I I know. Well, Maybe on a future listen, after I've been a fan of this album and this band for years, maybe that'll jump up more. But, you know, having just discovered the album a couple weeks ago and not being overly familiar with the band, I just felt like that's where it landed. It should be no surprise that I considered the instrumentation and the production pretty phenomenal. I feel like I don't even need to say much because I would just be repeating myself. Everything that I said earlier about how that's where the real drive of the music comes from a lot of the times. They've got such a unique sound that they've created for themselves. I'm really into it. Front to back, 87, Instruments of Production. 87, all right. Yeah, I think this is the area where the album really, really shined. Vibe is a toughie, taking all of those things into account. And, you know, you take a big picture view and look at this whole idea of apoptosis that is so absolutely pervasive on this record. Every song pretty directly deals with loss and memory, missing things and finding new life from the old and in spite of the old. It's a really cool metaphor that they stick to very close. I think Vibe's getting an 86 from me. What's that going to round out to? That altogether comes to an 81.7 overall. Apoptosis currently ranks at number 282. Disgusting. Now, I understand you're saying disgusting, and I am led to believe that that's because it ranks higher than Plastic Hearts. It absolutely is because it ranks higher than Plastic Hearts. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's just the way the cookie crumbled this time. I don't know what else to tell you. I really can't wait till we get to the end of the month and I get to hear what your final score is after listening to it for a full month. Yeah, I'm curious to hear your score on this too. This is so fun. This is an album that both of us just learned from this podcast. Yeah. I'm I'm learning what you think about this kind of music for the first time because it's music that I'm digging into for the first time. I'm excited. What, what do you got? Hit me with it. For me, this album was kind of all over the place. Really? Which is ironic for the fact that I kept saying they were stuck in a groove. Yeah, I kind of thought this album was the opposite of all over the place. It was all over the place from like my enjoyment standpoint is I guess what I should say. Okay, the pendulum of, of what you liked and what you didn't swung wide. Yeah, it, it was an interesting start. It got kind of stuck in this rut. It broke out of the rut. We got gut punched back into it and then we climbed back out of it again at the end because again, Bones, we didn't really mention it in our discussion of Bones. We got caught up in the lyrics and the theme, but Bones is another one that kind of breaks the mold musically. It's a bit unique and its musicalness for me it just all felt too similar all the wavy songs and so my top three reflects that i think my top three and honorable mention are kind of more of the standout music ones i was actually able to rank them in order favorite down oh wow if you're new that's not common i know not counting the honorable mention it got honorable mention for what it was give me number three first honorable mention was O. Oh. Third, bones okay two take three that's ironic yeah <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite song in the album, 
June. June. I was hoping you'd pick June, so that way on the playlist we could put Fever and June, because those were my two favorites. But overall, I enjoyed this. This was a great submission from the audience, and it was really fun to do. I'd love to do more of them, so audience, suggest us more albums and artists to do. Absolutely. I second that. Bring it on. I really like this. This was just, like I said, a very pleasant surprise. I played that first track, and it just smacked me in the face. I was on board. And the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. So it stands to reason that that trend's gonna continue. But... All that said, I'm not probably going to listen to any of these songs too much more. I mean, I always go back and re-listen to the album after talking about it. But like in terms of what's going to get put onto my mixtape playlist, it's definitely going to be June and Bones and Take 3, like my top three, but probably nothing else. And when trying to figure out where to slot it in my scores, I think this one's going to get another, we've had a lot of them recently, another 6 out of 10. But in terms of a unit, you know, I always have to have a unit. Otherwise, we don't, we don't have a scale. We don't have any kind of a scale. Yeah. Yeah, unless you put a unit with it. Yeah, listen, if there's one thing I learned from high school physics, it's that all numbers need units. That's right. This number is getting six gut punches out of ten for me. <laughs> That's a lot of gut punches. You're going to get bruised. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be real winded. I like that. That's a fitting <laughs> That's a fitting unit for this album. Wow, I honestly thought you were going to go seven. Uh, the top of my sixth threshold is Permanent Vacation and Me and My Gang. Uh-huh. I, it definitely doesn't beat Permanent Vacation. Breaking it down. I mean, dude looks like a lady and angel versus this. Yeah. I know your ranking system is just all out of whack from my perspective, but I don't think it should beat Permanent Vacation. Just for those of you playing along at home, Me and My Gang was our episode 18. Coloring Book was episode 19. And episode 21 here is going to slot right in between them, I think. Interesting. So yeah, a lot of sixes recently. Yeah, that's turning out to be your normal ranking for things, isn't it? Uh, no, not really. We just keep doing a lot of stuff that's middle of the pack. Okay. I'm ready to do something that is like a two or a three. You know, I'm ready to go there. Oh, you want to? Okay. Well, we've got the holiday season coming up, and we've got a lot of special stuff planned for that. Speaking of the holiday season, next week we're officially entering what we're dubbing Spinter Wonderland. That's right. It is December. We're deep into the Spinter. That's a pun on winter, in case it's not clear. So we've got some really cool holiday episodes coming up that I hope you like. Each one's going to have kind of a different twist to it yeah each one has a new twist they're not gonna be hey, hang on james each one has its own spin oh my gosh how did you come up with that <laughs> i like it <laughs> Let's give a little nugget of tease of what's to come throughout Spinter Wonderland. Of what to expect from Spinter Wonderland? Yeah. You can expect an album without any instruments. Yeah. We're going to be live in studio together. You know, we record states away, but we're going to be together. And we're going to be not only recording live, we're going to be talking about some music we're going to hear live. We're going to a concert. That's right. We have tickets to a holiday concert and we will see it and then talk about it. I think that's going to be a really good time. And then to wrap up Spinter Wonderland, we're going to be talking about some holiday music that pops up in some of your favorite holiday movies that's right and that's our episode that is on christmas eve actually so that's a very special episode for an exciting night when you're trying to stay up all night to catch santa coming down the chimney you can listen to spin it (laughs) stay up all night to catch spin it coming down the chimney but anyway we hope you're excited about spinter wonderland because we are i'm very excited about spinter wonderland yes but stay tuned that's up next stay tuned in the meantime thanks for listening to this episode thanks for recommending it 
album. I can't even believe. I feel so, like, good. Like, we had someone listen to our podcast and say, I like this and I want you to talk about this. That's great. There's nothing I've enjoyed more about this podcast, I think, than seeing people interact on social media talking about what we're talking about. Whether that's just saying, hey, I like the episode or providing us with a nugget of information, like a fact we didn't know. Yeah. It's really fun engaging with those of you who do listen. But James, what if they want to suggest something and they don't know how? How do they suggest things to us? Well, if you're curious, I mean, literally, we're on every social media platform. So we read all the comments on our Instagram, at Official. We look at all the replies on our Twitter, at Pod, And we even have a, a Google form straight on our website on the Get Connected tab that you can fill out with all the information about the albums and singles you want to suggest. YouTube comments exist. Write it on a brick and throw it through our window. We'll get it. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. And until next time, keep keep spinning. spinning.